Welcome to the Language for Leading podcast with the founder and CEO of the Business of Leading Incorporated, Julian Sturton. Since the early 1990s, Julian has equipped leaders from across the globe with an operating system and real-world set of tools that have improved relationships on all levels, and the work has meant real success in business and life for so many. Hello, I'm Jordan Rich, and as Julian Sturton often says, conversations are our means to get things done. Conversations inspire actions and form agreements. Until there's conversation, nothing happens. You've got the Language for Leading podcast, and we're about to make things happen. Let's talk a little bit about organization. Yeah. Because all of the stuff we've talked about in this series could just be fascinating and fun for people who love etymology to begin with, the idea of words and coordination. But there really is a structure here beyond just the structure of existence, Mm -hmm. the constitution that we've talked about a lot. Let's talk about your concept of organization. Yes. Uh, As we've been leading up to, that you've realized there are a lot of parts that are interactive to this language of leading, like it's a roadmap that allows the machinery, together with the mind, to be as one. It's the ultimate mindfulness in relation to mind and body. It's not the mind being let off the hook because the body couldn't perform, except when you see the Simone Biles thing. Yes. Perfect example of that. No, really. but I, I, I think your point is well taken. Um, to really function as a successful being, a dynamic being, as you've said, Julian, as we've discussed, yeah. you want to have all systems working, all systems on go. Yes. And if we are a mind-body, and that, that's why I studied the, the, the surrounding but profound principles of which... Uh, our dear friend Isaac Newton came up with, and which is why I ought to have brought the book, but it doesn't matter, I can remember the context of what is a, an interrelation between the mind and the body. If the body is a physical feature, then physically speaking has a relationship, but it has an interrelationship mm-hmm. by putting this to work. So the word logic, right, has a, has a connotation that when something is presented by virtue of this and by the means of, of uh, being conscious, then as, as one enterprise, we, yes, have taken care to reiterate that how we understand our relationship between our mental capacity and our physical capacity is that we are able to make sense, right? Mm. We can simplify things as best we can by making physical sense, can't we? Oh, that uh, allows us that's, to, that's kind of easy. to make logical sense, physically speaking. Right. Because we've had to learn, uh, in spite of beliefs and religions and everything else, we've had to uh, be accountable, haven't we, by learning to make sense physically. So what are the physical senses 
well, sight. Yes. Hearing, taste, smell, touch. Right. These are bodily aspirations, aren't they? Yes. If there's something equal to that physical sensation, sensation, then there's a emotional yeah. interconnection, um, which I refer to as the piece that Newton didn't come to terms with. Uh, and I think that's got a lot to do with the depth in which Isaac Newton went to, to prove, and he had time on his hands because he enshrouded himself in his dormitory at Trinity College, Cambridge, while there was a civil war. It was a threat to his actual physical existence because uh, the Roundheads and Oliver Cromwell were up to uh, overshadowing, that's a polite way of calling it, probably killing people like Isaac Newton, who are an intellectual, well-composed uh, ability to make sense intellectually, thereby mentally making sense, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the reverberation of the inability had to do with his his ability to protect his physical self, which I think compromised his emotional and intellectual qualities. Well, so it he, is challenging when your life is threatened. Yeah, so to, I to think do any of this work. to the extent that he went to to protect his physical existence, kind of overshadowed and cancelled out because he did go to extreme levels. You know, I was asked to review a book by Professor Rob Eilif, who was a professor, I'm not even sure what science he was part of. He, he'd written a book on, on, on Isaac Newton and asked me to review it. And the first time I saw the depth that Isaac Newton went to, to prove the physical quality, hence he came up with the proportion of gravity and all ever science sort of mm -hmm. follows with that physical sense. He wasn't necessarily in consideration of matching his physical uh, discoveries with, with the, the, with with the, the emotional, emotional mental. Right? So I thought, well, let's come up with that. Let's come up with three senses that would enable us to rationalize. Okay our interrelationship with the physical universe. Again, these are three senses. There's always three. There's I'd love always, to try it. Go ahead. Yeah. So the first one is a, 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 more of a mysterious one, which is our relationship with time. So the sense here, I'll cut to the chase, the sense in relationship to time, and it's always questionable, especially when we were somewhat uncertain about the, the actual scientific terms. I often say to people, well, maybe time doesn't exist. I said to people, consider the following. If nothing had ever happened, would time exist? And I pondered that one. I mean, if time had never happened, 
it it be it's tough to wrap my brain around. It that. is <laughs> now throughout the history of mankind. I think we've invent we made all this shit up anyway. So we invented symbols of time. Days were given names, months and years, and we looked around the planets and the universe. So we came up with these names. But but I think this sense brings us somewhat conclusively. If we look at the interrelationship using this, our consciousness, in an interrelation between our physical world. So the this first sense is a sense of order. Sense of order. Gotcha. What's number two? Good. The number two has got everything to do with the consciousness and how we are aware, not only of circumstances, but what's more important is our awareness, our consciousness of our interrelation with other people. So this is the second sense. It's this consciousness, a sense of presence. I love it, and I, I, I'm a good people person, so I think I've got some of that working for me. Yes. So it's like <laughs> a good example of a constitutional arrangement when we're sensing the presence of someone. Is the word love or a marriage? You know, when you're betrothed to someone else, you're sensing the presence of of an interrelationship, and I think the greatest example of a constitutionally-based relationship is a marriage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You break that agreement when you fuck around. And, right. So the marriage is sacred in the, in the insight, the foresight of some other power. And we're having that power kind of, what the fuck are they doing down there? Oh, they get married. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> oh, they fuck it up. Oh, that's not a good idea. <laughs> let's let's not forget that there's a lot of fun with this. Uh, you you've got a great sense of humor. I just obvious to the listener, but I, I I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so third one is the big deal. All right, this is the big kahuna. This is the big eight hundred pound gorilla. This is where I've done as much, and it's got everything to do with. The this. structure of existence. Exactly, in this constitutional framework. And it covers, I've been putting this to the test, I think it covers our whole way of being and everything else that has to do with our being. Because if it doesn't, then nothing makes sense. <laughs> okay. And that, that's, there is an exception to that. And we're looking at that when we kind of, Turn on the news. Where are we? Who are we? Why are we who we are? And what the fuck's the evidence to show for it? So the third, I bet you're dying to know what the third sense is. Sense of belonging. Wow. That's pretty heavy stuff. It is. We're gonna... Everything you look, your appearance, your job, your income, your state, everything, your position, your title, things you like, things you don't like, how you treat people, how you don't treat people. Your coterie of friends or lack thereof. Belonging. Yeah, our sense of belonging. Which has been tested perhaps more than in recent memory with the pandemic and the forced loneliness. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the third one. Mm. They're questioning that because they did some research, and I know this is just a few examples. They were having youngsters at the age of 
that would normally be an infant school or whatever, do their studies in old people's homes. They wanted to see what kind of interaction would go on. The results, and I got to do some research to find out more deeply into mm. that kind of practice. The actual outcomes were explosive as far as the deep-rooted resignation of the old people who were, and again, I'm only treated as superficial, I've got to do more research on it, as to how much of a turnaround, a transformation effect it had on these old people. And I don't know all the different instances. I just read about this many, many years ago, and I didn't sort of... It's only recently the language of leading is actually coming into focus. It's interesting when you talk about an organizational structure. Organ. We're organs. We're yeah. organic. But but that's what I wanted to mention, is mm -hmm. that this structure is as ethereal as it is practical. Yes. You can't quantify, as you say, time. It's a very difficult concept to right. even understand. Uh, the consciousness part, we did a whole podcast on that. And belonging. I keep thinking about, uh, I don't know why this came to me, Lord of the Flies with the group of kids on the island right. and the sense that they wanted to be part of a, a group. And sometimes it can lead to, well, it can lead to the Nazi party. It can lead to all kinds of bad things, but it can also well, lead to good crimes. Things. Criminals. Uh, gangs. Yeah. Right. Sense of belonging. I was on a board with an organization called Youth at Risk, and I was exposed to the behavior of youngsters because the recidivism of youngsters who get into serious crimes uh, in, depends on different cities. Uh, but on a, on a national scale, the recidivism of youngsters that commit serious crimes between the ages of, of 19 and 23 in the upper 90s. Incredible. Yeah. We've got some issues that hopefully the language for leading can continue to address, and just getting people to spend a little time with us is hopefully going to make a difference. Yeah, if you have so many background conversations that are only exposed to other people's background conversations, how do you think that performs regarding the sense of belonging? It is very, mm. very dangerous. Most political systems, I would almost say that probably all the traditional political systems are completely unconstitutional because you've only got to attribute all of this contributing practice, conscious organization, operating system. All very good food for thought, but more than food, it's, uh, it's that which we can sort of build a path to better living. And I know that's what one of your goals has been your entire life. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your time. If we can define what time is, I don't know what that means. Did we really do anything in... 15 or 20 minutes, or is it just a concept? Well, it is, it's both a concept, but it's a bigger contextual frame of reference because we're reframing the abuse and the overuse and the misunderstanding of, of not knowing how the mind and body is, is collaborative. Just that alone is worth the price of admission. The, the understanding... And we talked way back when in an earlier episode about Dr. John Sarno, the late doctor, and his connection forged between pain and rage and all the other things. We're pretty complex beings, aren't we? Well, I think we've misinterpreted that way. You're right. Mm. I think we've made ourselves unnecessarily complex because we don't see ourselves as a form that is driven by dynamic principles. 
It's like you can't argue with engineers if they're really able to knowledgeably able to put something together. Yeah, I've given up trying to argue with an engineer. <laughs> I'd rather have a debate with a philosopher. Right, well, it, it either works yeah. or it doesn't if you put it together something that is dynamically engineered, which is why the front line is so important. Because all of this and today's discussion have the facility to enable our relationship, our interrelationship with particular results. And by being competitive, then the outcome will be profitability, impeccability, integrity. All things to strive for, but that's the ultimate, not maybe not the ultimate, maybe it's the penultimate goal here. Yes. I like to leave well, options open on the table. Yeah, there are. I, I like to use the word targets as, as distinct from goals. But targets, one, one requires a certain dynamic direction to offer our ability to make sense of the bows and arrows and the targets. You don't know what, tar what the target is. You're not going to hit the target. Well, thank you for helping us aim in the right direction. <laughs> thank you, Julian. You're welcome. The conversation continues on the Language for Leading podcast with Julian Sturt, available on all podcast platforms. Remember to subscribe, download, rate, and review the show, and tell your friends and colleagues about it. The Language for Leading podcast, impactful conversation about fundamental principles that will grow your business and change your life for the better.